Hello, and welcome to the Equalizer podcast. I'm your host, Becky Morgan, and today I'm back with my Equalizer colleague, Ariana Cascon. A lot of big news out of the WOSO world this week with the U.S. national team playing their last match before the World Cup roster is announced. And there were some interesting NWSL scrimmages and some big upsets during the international break. All of that's very interesting, but we really, really have to spend today talking about the biggest news and that is Wednesday's bombshell. The OL Rain is for sale. The OL Group is selling OL Rain, and even more surprisingly, Michelle Kang of the Washington Spirit might be the one buying Olympic Lyonnaise women's side. So before Ariana and I jump into it, let's get a quick rundown of what's actually happened. So we're on the same page, and I definitely want to remind our listeners that there is a great explainer article on the Equalizer site by Jeff Kasouf, Taylor Vincent, and Bella Munson. So definitely refer back to that for some granular detail that we might miss in this overview podcast. All right. So the deal is that yesterday it was announced that Michelle Kang, the owner of the Washington Spirit, was planning to buy Olympic Lyonnaise women's side. And this set off a firestorm of speculation because OL are the majority owners of OL Reign. So how could the owner of one NWSL team become the owner of a team that owns another NWSL team, which sounds crazy saying it out loud in person. Well, it ends up the OL are actually selling OL Reign. And to make it even more of a tongue twister, they've hired the investment firm, the Reign Group, to manage the sale of the team. So in summary, what we know is that OL Rain is for sale. And this is happening, we believe, even though it has not been officially confirmed, we believe that this is in part to pave the way for Michelle Kang to buy the team without, or to buy, I'm sorry, OL, Olympic Lyonnaise, not the Rain, to buy Olympic Lyonnaise without a conflict of interest. So this is big news. Ariana, what is your initial reaction to the story? Yes, big news is quite an understatement here. Uh, There were, I mean, there are a lot of moving parts. When this news first dropped, I had to sort of take a step back and try to put everything together. Um, I think in a vacuum, it's kind of hard to parse all of the things that are going on. But in the context of Seattle's existence, OL Reign's existence, this is even more interesting for me because they're up for sale again after just three years of being owned by the OL group. Mm-hmm. And then there's another layer that this is the third NWSL team that's up for sale at the moment, right? So joining Chicago and Portland. So 25% of active teams in the league are up for sale. That's crazy. And it is, it is, it really is wild. And obviously there are different reasons for these teams being up for sale, right? Ownership issues and mismanagement of the player mistreatment and abuse situations in Portland and Chicago are really the driving forces behind those sales. And obviously that's not seeming the case in at the rain at all, but is this many teams being up for sale concerning? Um, I mean, I guess kind of, we're obviously in a major period of transition 
in the league where, and I, Jeff and I talked about this in last Thursday's podcast, where there's just this kind of widening gulf between the haves and the have nots in the league. And so as much as the league itself is stabilizing, that stabilization and push forward, that progression has the chance to potentially destabilize some of these teams that are maybe struggling to find the investment that can keep up with like the Bay area and their 125 million um, angel city and all the investment they've bought. So it's not really surprising. And I don't know if it's fully concerning because I mean, there are so many people interested in having expansions that I can't imagine they won't find an owner, but I mean, the league does want to put forward an image of being stable as they're negotiating the future broadcast rights, you know, like they want to make it seem like their big market teams are, are stable because what do broadcasters want? They want the biggest markets in the country to be bought in in order to you know have as many eyes on their broadcast as possible so having teams in big markets like seattle and chicago for sales not necessarily the best look but i mean like i said we know there's a ton of interested buyers who want to join in the league so i, I don't think that like any of these teams are going to fail necessarily it's just that you know they're they might change hands um during the course of this league figuring out what's going on. But, you know, you had mentioned Earl Reign's history in the league. And so, you know, let's, let's go back and look at that a little bit. The fact that they are for sale isn't hugely surprising. Um, just after this news broke, Jeff Kasuf and I have talked a bit about, you know, what's going on in Earl Reign. And, you know, he had actually said that he had heard a year ago, the the team was for sale and so this is not necessarily something that is coming out of the blue and you know yes the rain are one of the league's original teams and when the league started the predmores you know the original owners that started the franchise were were solid independent owners of the club but the league has just pushed forward and smaller owners like them have struggled to keep up even before these massive investments from teams like the bay area Every single team in the league loses money. I think that's very safe to say. Uh, maybe they break even, maybe they make profits at time, but like almost every sports team in the country, if not the world, probably loses more money than they make on average. But even so, you know, Owl Rain was losing money at a clip that made it harder for the team to to stay up. And so they faced potential relocation in 2017, around 2018, maybe. But the Predmores stuck it out in Seattle for a while, despite not having a long-term future home. And in order to salvage things, they moved to Tacoma, as we all know. Um, and this helped somewhat. It made them a little more secure. It made things a little cheaper. And then in December 2019, that's when the OL group came in and bought the rain and the team was eventually able to move back to Seattle. They've found some stability playing at Lumen Field. That's great. But the bottom line is that, you know, only two years into the OL group owning the team, according to Jeff Gasuf, they were already shopping the rain. And so long story short, despite coming back to Seattle and establishing something of a firm base at Lumen Field, the ownership of this team has never been 100% stable. And unfortunately, that has just continued. Um, so, you know, they're selling their stake. That's just what's 
happening unfortunately and it's a little worrisome but you know we can hope that the fact that they do have the stability of being at Lumen Field they have probably possibly for the first time in their history truly established a stronger presence in Seattle we can we can hope that that definitely keeps them there and you know another investor can swoop in and and just sustain the team as it is and push it forward versus really change anything yeah this discussion of stability is really interesting I think the history is potentially unstable off the field, but on the field for the rain, when I think of NWSL powerhouses, they are one of the teams that I think of. Right. Yep. And so that juxtaposition for me is kind of something I'm working through right now. Um, it's, it's interesting to see all of this sort of off the field turbulence in terms of selling over the last three years, because they have been really great. Right. They won the shield last year. They, Granted, they've fallen out of the first round of the playoffs the last two years, but this year is supposed to be their year. Um, they returned a ton of their players, right? Laura Harvey's leading the ship. And so I think that's worth mentioning um, that there is some sort of disconnect between that stability on the field and then that uh, instability in, in terms of the owners. But speaking of that, I had general questions about what the motivation is to sell then. If all of those things are true, that this team can be successful, right? They win the shield last year, they make playoffs, um, but they aren't winning the, the actual championship. Do you think that plays into this, uh, this decision to sell the team at all? Like the, maybe the way that success is defined is not being achieved. That's a really interesting question. And it's actually one that I've seen Jeff address a bit on Twitter. And I agree with him that I don't think it's that. So, and and the key to that is all with the timing of this deal that, you mm-hmm. know, that Jeff revealed to us, the fact that they've been looking to sell for a year. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I mean, the rain have some of the biggest superstars on the planet on their team, and they're highly successful on the field. I mean, who wouldn't want that team, right? You know, it, definitely. There's nothing that makes you think that this would not be a good investment in the team. And, you know, even if they haven't won the championship, like, I mean, like you said, they won the shield. They're they're doing incredibly well. I think that that is really splitting hairs to say that that could be a reason to sell the team. But like I said before, it's all in the timing. The time that Kasuf has given us for when OL, the OL group started looking to sell the rain coincides perfectly with the sale of the full Olympic Lanes team to John Texter's Eagle football group in December of 2022. John Texter is the former, I think, is chairman of FUBU TV. He's become a big sports investor. And so he basically bought the majority stake from the OL group um, back in December 2022. And Jeff thinks, and I agree, that Texter's buying the majority of the reason, uh, of the majority of the club is the whole reason they're selling the women's side he because uh, they are as you know it's been rumored even though it hasn't been officially announced you know the other part to this that we haven't talked about in as much depth is that like all signs are pointing to the actual women's side of olympic leon being sold as well and mm-hmm. so if john texter wants to get rid of that side then they have to cut their stake in Rain as well you know, for it to really make sense, especially if someone from the NWSL is interested in buying it. So 
the reason we think Texter's purchase is a reason that this might be happening is because when he bought the team, he failed to make any mention of the women's side. And that did catch the notice of many people in the Loso community. I mean, here you are buying possibly the most historically successful women's side in mm-hmm. women's football. And then you don't even mention it when you, you buy the whole club. That's a little shaky. He's also made some, um, infamous references to the U S women's team losing to the under 15 boys team, which is a big red flag for anybody that follows women's football as you know, the quote unquote, like troll excuse. So clearly he has given big signs that he's not a supporter of women's football. And so the fact that Kang is the one who is being named to purchase this and not just purchase, a majority in the team the what we've heard rumored and again none of this is official so this is all speculation this is all just rumor and what's potentially been leaked but the the stipulation that i think really kind of hammers home this idea is the fact that kang's purchase also comes with the responsibility of paying the roughly 12 million euro deficit the women's sides operate the women's side operates under And I'm sure that is what Texter was looking for. Like, I don't want the women's side. I don't want to deal with that debt. And so if Kang can come in and take control of that side from him and, you know, still have it be part of the club, but she'll just own that half of it or the majority of that half of it and pay off their annual debt each year. Well, I mean, that sounds like a match made in heaven for what he's probably looking for. And so, you know, having these ties and trying to build this pipeline between or maintaining the pipeline between Seattle and Lyon just was not a priority. A priority. I, I think it's safe to say at all for John Texter. And so, you know, I, I, I really truly think that it's not because, oh, well, there's anything wrong with Seattle or uh, rain or OL rain or whatever they will be called. I mean, this is so confusing, but um you know, they're a solid team. I think that this is just all business. And I think that, you know, Kang buying it, she clearly wants to do the same thing with the spirit. I I mean, I think that's a a safe bet. Yeah. I think um, one thing that is still a little confusing is that, you know, it is all business and she is, again, this deal is not, you know, signed. It's not uh, through yet. Kang buying, um, oh, well, the women's side. But it's interesting because Olympic Lyonnaise actually put out a statement disputing some of the f- finer details about yeah. what's going on, right? Not disputing the actual sale or, or Kang buying the team, but something about the details. And I don't know if, if we have much information about, you know, why they're disputing. But to me, that is sort of another layer to this. I mean, I just don't think that they wanted it known yet i mean the information kind of came out backwards didn't it Mm -hmm. they had i mean it was when they put out their statement it basically diminished all the worries about it being a conflict of interest but i mean when it was announced that kang was potentially buying the team i mean that was a huge potential conflict and like oh my goodness what would the nwsl do like could they block the the sale could would they have to ban her or get the board of governors like vote her out as the owner of the spirit just after she took over if she also owned technically the team that owned 
all right so i mean like the the way the news came out kind of backwards with first the information about kang i think that was like the real kind of thorn in ol side like they they did not want that out first but i mean the fact that that did come out does in my mind kind of hint to the fact that it's pretty pretty far advanced obviously it could fall through i don't think there's any sign that it's set in stone but i mean for someone to be willing to more or less go on the re- not on the record but to, to leak this and say that this thing is happening it has to be fairly far advanced so you know we always hear about stuff so much later than it's happening that i mean exactly. i think that their their dispute was mainly just being angry that that it came out at all and kind of blindsided everybody and then created this air of potential conflict that did, doesn't really exist because, you know, none of this will happen until the team itself is actually sold. And we didn't even know the team was being sold. And apparently that, I mean, I've heard that even people in some people that worked in rain had no idea the team was being sold. So we will just have to see what happens with this. And it's about time for us to take a very short break. But I look forward to talking with you more about this whole interesting situation as soon as we come back. And we're back and continuing our discussion about the news that OL Rain is for sale. And, you know, we've talked a decent amount so far about what all this means for Seattle, for OL Rain. We haven't talked as much about what it potentially means for the spirit if Kang is, in fact, buying OL as a club. So, Ariana, what is your take on what this means for the Washington spirit, potentially? Yeah, you know, I think the spirit are kind of going through a transformation, it almost feels like, because Kang is a relatively new owner of the spirit, right? They had all yep. of the turbulence off the field, and now they have Mark Krikorian at the top, and Michelle Kang is the owner, of course, But then, and now they have a new head coach. So it feels like like I said, a little bit of a transformation is going on. And in terms of what this could mean for the spirit, I think it almost adds to that. Like there could be this, this type of relationship could mean something like having players from OL come over and Mm -hmm. seamlessly integrate into the spirit team and potentially really help them. Right. We, we saw that happen with OL rain um, in recent years and it's nice because those it sort of like circumvents the salary cap and, and it doesn't require really a transfer because there is that relationship between the clubs. And that's something that the, the spirit could benefit from on the field directly. And it's interesting that, you know, Michelle Kang is really the one that's that's making this happen. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100 percent that Kang looked and saw what O.L. Rain did with you know, bringing some players over from, oh, well, like, Eugenie Lissamer, please forgive me for my horrible pronunciation. Everybody, please, please forgive me there. Um, but, you know, they had a number of players go back and forth, not as much this year, but in the past. And I think she said, like, hey, that's, that's helpful. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I can do this with the spirit. 
And I also think that, you know, in retrospect, it's it's probably some foreshadowing that before the season started, the spirit were suddenly like, oh, we're going through a rebrand. Surprise, everybody. Um, we're just going to be black and white. And, you know, hinted heavily they're going to be phasing out the, the maybe they even explicitly said it. But I mean, they're getting rid of the crest. They're potentially getting rid of the colors. And I mean, look what happened to Seattle when they were taken over by the OL group. They switched their, their logo. They became red, white, and blue. They became OL rain. So, I mean, what does this mean? Is are they going to become OL spirit? Are they going to be OL district of Columbia? OL Washington? I mean, I fully admit that I hate that. <laughs> like I hate <laughs> OL in front of the name because it makes it so clunky and awkward when you're talking about, you know, another team's name, the rain from Seattle. Yeah, that I, it just, it bothers me, but you know, maybe they will be much more creative with the naming or looser with the naming of DC if this does in fact happen. But yeah, I mean, the the bottom line is that there's zero question that she wants to establish the same team to team pipeline for players um, in Washington that previously existed in Seattle. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's funny what you just mentioned about like OLDC or OL Washington. I hope that is not, those are both bad options they're, in my opinion. <laughs> Don't do it. I hope that, and you know, does that mean that the spirits rebrand will just be more similar to OL in France? Like, you know, we see that OL Reigns current white kits are, inspired by or whatever the right language is right they sort of look similar to mm-hmm. ol's kits so is that what's in store for the spirit i mean i think that would be a little bit lame but they are in that transition period like you said so we don't really know what's coming uh we'll have to wait and see but i mean w- with texter taking over and maybe not caring about how much the brands are linked you know mm-hmm. maybe that that won't be an issue or maybe the pringles lion will from the the seattle ring quest will switch coasts and go to dc <laughs> who knows i it is criminal i think that seattle rain's logo which i think was one of the best crests in this league has ever seen in sports w- i mean it, in, in women's sports definitely yeah, Jeff Kasuf has a really great article up um, on the Equalizer about the the history and also mm-hmm. just that like Seattle's presence, I guess, in the NWSL and their branding and their logo and you know the name. You cannot beat the name; like it's still really great. Seattle Rain. There is just there are so many layers to it. I love it, and I don't know if they will bring back the old logo, but I mean they should. If I was I in think- charge, I would. I think they should. I mean, I think that one of the worst things about that relationship was the decimating of Seattle Reigns identity because Mm -hmm. it was such a great identity. I mean, really, the only thing that has been a problem with this team from the inception of the league is investment and and being able to tread water. Like you talked about earlier, the fact that they, the product they put on the field, their branding, I mean, it's all been top notch. And I mean, they've been leaders in many ways in, in what they've done in everything except investment. And unfortunately that is what makes teams click and be sustainable. And so not to get too off track, but yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I, I, I miss that logo. I miss 
that branding. If it's not identical, I hope it's certainly similar and plays on the same, you know, themes and, and because it was, it was wonderful and it, it would be, I think a sin for it not to, to come back again. Yeah, I think so too. And I think one question that we maybe haven't addressed explicitly here is with the sale of, you know, OL rain happening, will the club be staying in Seattle, right? Will it make sense to bring back that old branding? I mean, but- we, we've talked around it a little bit and like, like we said, there's three teams for sale in the league. I, they could, I mean, they could move, they could be relocated. I mean, who knows? Maybe some, maybe Austin will be like, Hey, this team is most likely going to cost less than $53 million, which is the going expansion fee rate. You know, I think that it, it's, you know, uh, Chicago, I don't think would pull 53 million. I think Portland would, Rain would probably pull a good amount of money, but if you were just to like flat out buy them, it would still probably be less than than 53 million in my mind. I don't know. Maybe valuations have changed and they're just like, so they've exploded so much that it's almost impossible to, to really gauge them. But, but anyway, the only thing that makes me think that they probably won't relocate is because let me, like we've talked about, there's such a richness to Mm -hmm. the, the team's identity, the previous one that has existed, that's there. It's ripe for the taking Um, create, like trying to recreate all of that is, I don't know. I, I think that it would it would be very sad and not good for the league to to get rid of that because it's it's you know one of the the first teams in the league. But more than that, Commissioner Jessica Berman has said the you know quite explicitly that the desire is to keep teams in their markets and that they mm-hmm. will only be moved out of their markets as a last resort. I think that of course she's saying that in some way to, you know, exude a sense of stability as much as possible. Like, you know, our teams are strong and they will stay our teams even if ownerships change hands. But I think that it definitely depends on the market. Like, I don't think that um, she will be as keen to not relocate, you know, a smaller market like North Carolina or, Hey, I mean, as much as I would absolutely despise it. And I don't think it's, like going to happen. Like I, I'm not trying to say that I, I think this is going to happen, but Louisville too. I mean, the difference in market size and market draw between Seattle, Louisville and Cary is like, is massive. So obviously you would try not to relocate a team when you're trying to get broadcast rights, when you're trying to establish yourself as a major national presence, you know, you're going to want to stay in New York. You're going to want to stay in Chicago. You're going to want to stay in, in Seattle to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. as much as she says, she doesn't want to relocate teams. I know that, you know, there's obviously always going to be exceptions to that depending on the circumstance. But I mean, the fact that they moved back to Utah shows, I mean, I know that that was written, that there was an agreement and a contract and the league was obligated to, to go with that. But I mean, if that team is successful, then I mean, it does show that they can stay in these markets and Mm -hmm. evolve with them depending on who is investing in them. So yeah, relocation is a potential option. Um, I mean, even when OL Group initially bought the Seattle Reign, there was talk about moving them to Miami. And that created like a massive hullabaloo and worry. And, you know, the the people at the Reign were adamant that they were going to stay in Seattle. And they did. You mm-hmm. know, even when they were potentially going to be relocated way back in 2017, I believe it was like San Antonio and somewhere in California, they were thinking about potentially moving to it. They they stuck to their guns. They stayed in Seattle. 
and then they moved to Tacoma, but I mean, they, they stayed regionally as much as they possibly could. And so, I mean, this is a, this is a feisty little team. I think that they are very unlikely to, to move out of Seattle, but you know, with, with 60 plus ownership groups signing non-disclosure agreements to try and get an expansion team in 2022, you have to believe that there's going to be at least one of them that is willing to pay the money and willing to keep it in Seattle and keep everybody happy. And the, um, the team will, will very possibly stay exactly where it is. What, what are your thoughts on this? I think there's so much yours. I think it seems like, you know, the powers that be will keep the team in Seattle, given the yeah. history. Um, but that that's not to say that there is a lot of interest from many groups, you know, all over. And it, it could be a smart business move to buy an already existing franchise, right? Um, so it, it feels a little bit like a waiting game. Um, I kind of hope that they stay in Seattle. I think there's a lot of richness to some of the tradition in this league, right? The Cascadia rivalry, Portland, Seattle. It's when I think of the NWSL, those are some of the things that I think about. And, you know, so in the context of, of the league's identity having existed since 2013, I think it would be beneficial to, you know, keep them in Seattle, but we'll have to sort of see what turns this story takes as it develops. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the equalizer is going to be, you know, following the story very closely as it develops. Um, You know, Taylor, Bella, Jeff have all done a great job of, you know, really summarizing this information and, and making it, it clear to, to everybody. So please keep an eye on the equalizer. I'm sure we'll have some more great information coming out as the story develops. And this has been a lot of fun. I've had a great time talking with you, Ariana, but it is time to wrap up for today. So we would like to give special thanks to our distributor, Blue Wire Podcasts, and our producer, Jacqueline Purdy. For the equalizer, I'm Becky Morgan. Ariana, thank you so much for joining. And we'll be back soon with more on the Equalizer podcast.